The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're looking at what I would have done differently from the Jaguars this offseason. And this is not a study in hindsight. These are decisions I disagreed with at the time and kind of what I would have done differently at the time. I'm not looking back and saying, oh, well, you could have done this, this, and this. These are things I was saying the Jaguars should have done at the time. And I just wanted to look back at those and um, kind of reflect on how the Jaguars approached this offseason versus how I would have approached the offseason personally. So um, I'm not slamming the Jags here at all. I think they've had a good offseason. I think they've gotten a lot better. Again, just talking about a few different decisions that I might have um, I might have gone in a different direction than the Jaguars. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Really appreciate your support, Duval. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag, and check out ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Chris Campbell says, yo, yo, what's up, Chris? All right. So again, today we are looking at what I would have done differently from the Jaguars this offseason. It really comes down to three major moves here. And the first one is the left tackle situation with Cam Robinson. Um, The Jaguars this offseason, they made it clear that they wanted to retain Robinson they they spoke about wanting to give him a long-term extension. They went ahead and placed the franchise tag on him while they were negotiating, and eventually they did get a long-term deal done with Cam Robinson. It's a three-year contract, $18 million per year, $33 million guaranteed. Um, so it's essentially a three-year deal with a two-year out for the team so the team can um, – if they're not satisfied with the level of play or they want to upgrade, move on, whatever, they can get out after two years with minimal dead cap. That's the Jaguars' the direction went. Cam Robinson, we've talked about him a lot on this show. Um, I think he's fine. He's average to a slightly above average as a starting left tackle. He is 26. He does have an upward trajectory. He's improved every single year since 2019. But I would not have made retaining Cam Robinson a priority, to be completely honest with you guys. I would have pursued Teron Armstead. He's um, 30 years old, I believe. The left tackle from the New Orleans Saints who ended up signing with the Dolphins in free agency. Um I think for a multitude of reasons, he would have been a smarter move, uh, a smarter 
a smarter play for the Jaguars. Armstead when healthy, which health is an issue, right? He's he missed eight games or nine games in 2021. The two seasons prior, though, he played in 14 and 15 games respectively. So it's not as if this guy just can't find the field at all. That's not that's not what's happening here. He, he has had some injuries. He hasn't completed a full season, I don't think ever. But when Teron Armstead is on the football field, he's a top five pass protecting left tackle. He's an incredible athlete at the position. In Doug Peterson's zone rushing attack, uh, where you ask your offensive linemen to get out and move quite a bit, Teron Armstead is a perfect fit. And you're going to see that, I believe, in Miami with Mike McDaniels coming over from San Francisco. So uh, Armstead is older. He's a little more injury prone, you could say. But when he is on the field, again, there really is not a comparison between Armstead's play and Robinson's play. They're, Robinson is multiple tiers down from Teron Armstead, who is in the top tier of pass-protecting left tackles. And again, with his athleticism, he would be a perfect fit in a Doug Peterson zone rushing attack. So why why would the Jaguars decide to go after Cam Robinson over Teron Armstead? I, really age um you're comfortable with him you've had him inside the building you like what he brings you i guess uh, you like the floor he provides i guess and you know there is upward trajectory potentially for cam robinson who's entering the season at 26 years old uh, certainly he's he's entering his prime and he has gotten better every year that's what the jaguars are looking at but when you look at the type of leap it would take for Cam Robinson to to get to the level of a Teron Armstead, I just don't see that happening, to be quite frankly. He doesn't have the athleticism that Teron Armstead has, the skill that Teron Armstead has. So the Dolphins signed Armstead to a five-year, $75 million contract. Uh, they have an out after year three, so the, the contract at minimum is one year longer than... Uh, than Cam Robinson's contract. And his guaranteed money is $43 million, whereas Cam Robinson's guaranteed is 33 But that's $43 million guaranteed over three seasons versus $33 million guaranteed over two seasons. So essentially, I mean, it's one year longer than Cam Robinson's, and Armstead is making $3 million per year less than Cam Robinson. And again, Teron Armstead is an elite left tackle. Cam Robinson, at his best, is slightly above average. I don't see how you can look at those two moves and look at the ceiling that Teron Armstead provides and feel super comfortable with bringing back Cam Robinson compared to Teron Armstead. I just can't see it. Now, maybe the Jaguars will be right to bet on the less talented but younger and less injury-prone option in Cam Robinson. Maybe they will be right. And, and, and to be clear here, I don't think this was a horrific decision think Cam Robinson is fine. But I'll always be keeping tabs on how Teron Armstead is performing in Miami because I think he would have been a perfect scheme fit. He's an elite left tackle when he's on the field, and he would just really raise the level of play around Trevor Lawrence, giving him you know, one of the best pass-protecting left tackles in football, to be completely honest. 
So yeah, I would have definitely pursued Teron Armstead over Cam Robinson. And not to mention, I think placing the franchise tag on Cam Robinson raised his 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 asking price. I think if you would have gotten that deal done earlier, there's a good chance that that you could have had Cam Robinson for cheaper. And now, would you have had to pay Armstead a little bit more than Miami had to pay? Sure. But I would have given Armstead, you know, the same the same per year as Robinson and, and still guaranteed the first three years. And John says new coaches might like Cam's projection with their play style. Again, I think in a zone blocking scheme, Teron Armstead, this is one of the best athletes at the position in football. He fits his own blocking scheme, and that's exactly where he went. That's exactly what uh, Miami's going to do down there. So, you know, yeah, I, I do think that the coaches like Cam's projection into their playing style. Absolutely. And their play calling, their scheme. But do I think he fits better? No. And he would have been the same. It would have been the same cost to pursue Teron Armstead or maybe even cheaper. Uh, when you look at the cap hits, when you look at the per year, yeah, you might have had to give Teron Armstead an extra year, guaranteed. I would rather have Ar- Teron Armstead an extra year, guaranteed. <laughs> this guy is a phenomenal football player. But again, maybe injuries will catch up to him. Maybe Robinson will take a bigger jump than I expect, because I do expect him to improve in 2022 with Doug Peterson's coaching staff, with Phil Rauscher, and with that offense. Um, He's improved every year since 2019, and I expect him to continue to do that. But you haven't seen a massive jump uh, from Cam Robinson. It's been incremental improvement every year. So maybe his his health and his upward trajectory will prove to be the better investment, but I would have gone after Teron Armstead. And again, I'm not slamming the Jags for this at all. Just my personal preference. I think our Armstead gives you a much higher floor and ceiling. The second big thing I would have done differently from the Jaguars. I would have taken Evan Neal number one overall. He would have been my number one overall pick. You immediately play him at left guard or right tackle. And now your offensive line is Teron Armstead, Evan Neal, Brandon Scherf, Walker Little. And at center, you would have either Tyler Shatley or Luke Fortner, and you'd feel really good about that. So, you know, uh, I just... I see what the Jaguars are doing with Trayvon Walker. They made the decision that he fit their system, their culture, and he had the highest upside of anyone in the class with a floor that they are comfortable with. I get that. And I think Walker is a fine player. I've talked about it a lot. I think they're going to end up using him in a wide variety of roles. I know that the Jaguars are going to start him at outside linebacker and then add on as they can, as, as he's up for it as he um, takes on the information, processes it, and then shows that he can uh, retain it and use it on the football field. I think he's going to be an impactful player. I just would have invested more in the offensive side of the ball and in a guy, and Evan Neal, who I think was a better overall prospect with the first overall pick. 
That's what I would have done. Not bashing the Jaguars, not slamming them. I know I keep repeating that, but I think they made the bet that they think Trayvon Walker is going to have a massive impact for their defense because they're going to be able to deploy him in a lot of different ways, and he's just going to be a versatile chess piece that is long, strong, athletic, uh, that is assignment sound. But again, you don't know what you're getting as a pure pass rusher off the edge. That's all development. Chris Campbell says it's a perfect spot for Walker. I agree. I think Trayvon Walker could not have landed in a better situation defensively. Mike Caldwell runs an attacking in multiple defense. You know, they're going to line up in a 3-4. They're going to line up in a 4-3. They're going to line up in bare fronts. They're going to do all sorts of different stuff to try to um, affect, attack, and make it uh, difficult for offenses to succeed. Trayvon Walker fits that perfectly. There's no question about that. But I'm investing more in Trevor Lawrence. I'm investing in keeping him upright. Um, Evan Neal has incredible versatility too, right? He can play left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. That's where I would have gone with that pick. And that would have not only made us more talented, you talk about having Neal at left guard and Teron Armstead at left tackle. Compare that to Cam Robinson and maybe Ben Barch, maybe Tyler Shatley, maybe Luke Fortner. That's not a comparison. Your left side of the the line is set up for incredible success, and then you look at Scherf and Little on the right side, and Tyler Shatley or Luke Fortner in the middle. This is... That is an offensive line that you can really get geared up and fired up about. And I think the Jaguars have a decent offensive line right now. (laughs) Jordan, I'm not slamming the Jags. Me, body slams. Love it, John. I'm really not. I don't think that the Jaguars had a bad bad offseason. I don't think Trayvon Walker was a bad pick. It's just not what I would have done, and I think there was better ways to use the resources they had this offseason. The final move that I would have made differently, a final big move, there's some other little things that you can point out, but overall, we don't need to get into the weeds on like bottom of the roster type players. Timmy Devil says, Trevor wasn't running for his life the whole season. Sacked middle of the pack last year. These teams will... These teams with godly offensive line hasn't won anything recently. Time for Trevor to make plays. I hear you. Uh, but the bottom line is Trevor Lawrence's pocket presence and escapability saved a lot of sacks last year. And if you look at the actual pressure rate, it was pretty damn high from both Cam Robinson, Jawan Taylor, um, from uh, Ben Barch as well. He was not great. He had some really tough matchups when you look at Jeffrey Simmons, Aaron Donald, um, DeForest Buckner. But yeah, so I'm going to just go ahead and disagree with you on that. I I think Trevor had too much pressure on him last year. I did. I think there will be less pressure this year. I think Cam will improve. I think uh, if Luke Fortner is able to play left guard or center, that's going to be a nice improvement for you. I mean, again, Brandon Linder's gone, but he missed most of last season anyways. 
Uh, and Brandon Scherf is a massive upgrade, right? If you get Walker Little in the starting lineup, I think that's an upgrade. So I do think they they will have a better offensive line, but they could have had an elite offensive line for, you know, Armstead is the same same number or a little bit less than Cam Robinson. If you look at the full deal, it's a little more guaranteed, but uh, – I just think there's no way that you can look at this offensive line and then look at an offensive line that features Teron Armstead and Evan Neal and feel anywhere as confident as you would have. Okay, so the final move that I kind of would make a make differently, I would have upgraded the Zay Jones move. Um, the Jaguars signed him to a three-year deal, $24 million, $14 million guaranteed. Not a big deal, but that is starter money. So what do I mean by upgrading that move? Instead of signing Zay Jones, I would have either traded for Amari Cooper or Robert Woods or tried to sign Allen Robinson. Uh, and again, the Jaguars could still make a move at receiver this offseason. The offseason is not over. There's still some free agents available that could make an impact. Um, I would be surprised at this point if they make another another big move for for a wide receiver just because the the actions that they have um, taken over the last several months indicate they feel good about their wide receiver core. They signed Zay Jones. They signed Christian Kirk. Derek Brown says, I don't like Wingard. I think Cisco should start. Yeah, uh, I think Cisco will start. I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, but again, you could have traded Amari Cooper. The Browns gave up a fifth round pick. Give the Cowboys a fourth, right? Then you've got Amari Cooper in here, a true number one with Christian Kirk. Robert Woods got traded to your division rival, the Tennessee Titans, for a sixth. Give up a fifth for Robert Woods. Bring him in here, and you have two really versatile receivers then in Christian Kirk and Robert Woods, Marvin Jones and Zay Jones to play on the outside more often. I think that would have looked a lot better. And you could have signed Allen Robinson as well because – at the time that free agency was going on, the Jaguars had the Cam Robinson uh, cap hit from his franchise tag. That cap hit is significantly higher than what it would have been had they just gotten a deal done earlier. So you would have had more money to work with in free agency. I think that would have allowed you to sign Allen Robinson if you wanted to. Chris Campbell says, I don't think we have the cap. I'm just I'm explaining that right now. They would have had the cap to do so. And then you're always able to convert that first year salary into massive signing bonuses. They absolutely could have done that. So I would have, instead of signing Zay Jones, I would have taken the money that I saved from not signing him. I would have taken the money I saved from signing Teron Armstead to a deal instead of having Cam Robinson on the franchise tag. I would have used that money to pursue Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, somebody who is a legitimate difference maker. I don't think the Jaguars did that enough. I do like Christian Kirk a lot. I think Marvin Jones is underrated. I think Zay Jones is very steady, right? Not going to drop a lot of passes. He's going to be where he's supposed to be. Um, he's going to be a good blocker for you. But... Is he going to really make a huge difference for your offense? I don't think so. 
James Goddard says, I'm sure the Jags tried to sign several and others just didn't want to join the worst team in the league. I don't think that's right. I think if you throw the bag at Teron Armstead or Allen Robinson, they're going to do it. And I agree. The Jaguars did get better. Derek Brown. I've been saying that throughout the show. I'm not trying to, to downplay the moves they made. I think that the Jaguars are a much better football team going into 2022. I think they have improved their personnel via free agency and via the draft. Their coaching staff, I think that's the biggest upgrade that you'll see. Chris Campbell says Evan Ingram will be a good receiver. You know, Evan Ingram, he could have his best years of his career in a Doug Peterson offense. I think it's tailor-made for his skill set. The problem I have with Evan Ingram is the volatility in his play. One, one play he will legitimately make one of the best highlight real one-handed grabs you'll ever see in the next He'll slip or he'll drop the football. It's He's a frustrating player to have on your team because you see the highs, but those come with extreme lows as well. Um, James says it's easy to say what I would have done without knowing what the players were willing to do. I'm telling you, if you offered Teron Armstead the same deal you offered Cam Robinson, but added an extra year, Teron Armstead would be a Jacksonville Jaguar. He'd be making more money. <laughs> That's how this business works. That's just the way it goes. So again, again, Cam Robinson, I would not have made resigning him a priority. I would have tried to go after Teron Armstead. I would have drafted Evan Neal one overall. And I would have upgraded the Zay Jones move by pursuing Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, or Allen Robinson. All these different decisions that I would have made, these three decisions, um, I think they upgrade your roster. I think they give you more balance. I think outside of Christian Kirk, Brandon Scherf, and Luke Fortner, the Jaguars' moves on offense were just mid-tier. Cam Robinson, fine. Zay Jones, fine. Evan Ingram, incredibly inconsistent. He'll make some of the best plays you'll ever see, and then he'll just drop a wide-open football for no reason. Like, all that is okay. But when you think about how the Jaguars could have not only built up the defense by signing Foye Luke and Darius Williams, Foley Fatu Kasi, and then drafting Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, you could have just had more balance. If you trade out Cam Robinson for Teron Armstead, a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick for Robert Woods or Amari Cooper, or just straight up sign A-Rob. And then if you take Evan Neal to help pave the way and protect Trevor, you've got Teron Armstead, Evan Neal, Luke Fortner, or Tyler Shatley, Brandon Scherf, and Walker Little that legitimately could be one of the best offensive lines in football. And I'll say it one more time. I'm not bashing the Jags here. They have massively improved this offseason. I think their defense is going to be really, really good, really, really quick. It's going to be multiple. You're going to have Trayvon Walker who can do a lot of different things. Devin Lloyd can do a lot of different things. Chad Muma, he told 1010XL yesterday, I think that, he, he's been told that he's going to be kind of that money backer. 
the guy who comes in on sub packages and does a lot of different things for you. I think, you know, Foya Lucan is a tackling machine, a playmaker. Josh Allen, playmaker. Roy Robertson Harris is a steady player. Malcolm Brown and Devon Ham- Hamilton are steady players. Adam Gotsis is a good quality rotational defensive lineman. Then you look at Shaquille Griffin, Tyson Campbell, Darius Williams as your top three corners. You also went out and got Monteric Brown and um, Gregory Jr. late in the draft. I think those guys are going to have staying power on the roster. You have Andre Sisco at safety. You have Rayshon Jenkins, who was a team captain and leader of the team last year, who now looks like he's probably your worst starting defender. You're in a much better place on defense. I think this defense is legitimately going to be very good this year. I would be shocked if they're not top half of the league, and I think they'll end up being around top 12, you know, top third of the NFL in defense. I really do see that. But the offense could be better. And don't get me wrong, I think the offense will be fine. I think there'll be a competitive roster on offense this year. But I just can't I can't get out of my head. If you added Teron Armstead instead of Cam Robinson, added another legit receiver, a true number one type of guy, or a 1A, 1B type of guy, how much better this offense could have been around Trevor Lawrence. I think it could have been magic this year. And I still think it could be very good. I'm a big fan of Christian Kirk's game. He has inside out versatility, great route runner, good release package, solid hands, takes the top off the defense, wins at all three levels of the field. Love it. I think Marvin Jones is being underrated after what was just a disappointing for season for everyone in 2021 in Jacksonville. Think Chenault is as well. No one's talking about Jamal Agnew, who he was tearing it up prior to his injury. Zay Jones is fine. You know, he's just a steady, steady receiver who's going to do, you know, the dirty work, do the little things, not going to make a lot of mistakes. But the Jaguars are banking on Trayvon Walker being the dominant piece up front that makes plays and frees up others around him. They're banking on not having to be in shootouts in 2022. That's pretty clear to me. They want to stop the run, create big plays on defense with an attacking mindset and scheme. And they want to run the ball on offense with Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Snoop Connor. They want to make it easy for Trevor. I don't think that's a bad angle. I really don't. But if it was up to me, I would have focused just a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball. I would have drafted Evan Neal. I would have said, you know, wherever he needs to play, he's going to be good. And I would have tried to get another veteran receiver who is more of an impact player than Zay Jones. All right. Let's take a look at some of the comments here. Jackster Rich is big fan of the channel, sir. Keep up the excellent work. You're quickly becoming a must-watch. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys' support. That means a lot to me. Timmy Devil. Jordan, would you agree that with all of your offensive changes, Trevor wouldn't have any excuse that we would have had that we would have to look to replace him in two years or so? 
I do agree. You can look at it uh, a couple different ways. You could say he wouldn't have any excuse. Sure, you could say that. Um, but I think you could also say, you know, you did everything you could to surround him with talent, and that's what you should do. But to replace him in two years or so, um, I think if, if you're thinking that way, then I think you and I have vastly different views of what Trevor Lawrence is and what he did as a rookie and what he's going to do moving forward. Because I have tons of confidence in Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's offense. I, I really do. Justin Brush, do you think that Chenault will be better with better coaching this year? I absolutely do. And I hope the Jaguars keep him around. I know it's been rumored that they've kind of had him on the trading block or maybe some teams have been interested in trying to acquire him. This was a 2020 second round pick. Had a very good rookie year for the Jaguars. Really last year, yeah, it was ugly. I mean, he dropped a lot of footballs. He had to lead lead the NFL in drops. Um, and then also there was some spacing issues. And again, is that the coaching? Probably, maybe. He's never had issues like this in his past. I mean, in his rookie year, he was a quality receiver. He was always a dynamic player at Colorado. He never had drop issues. So, yeah, if the Jaguars keep Chenault around, and I hope they do, I do think he'll be a lot better with better coaching this year. I definitely do. James Goddard says, I think that the offense will be much better this year with wide receivers who can get separation. I agree. Like, Christian Kirk gets separation. Absolutely. Zay Jones, I would not say is a separator, but again, he's just as steady as steady as he goes, consistent, not going to make any big mistakes for you. Um, Marvin Jones isn't a huge separator either. He is a quality route runner, and he has the size to be more of a possession receiver. Bobby says, sup, Jordan? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Bobby. Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, so I think when you look at Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Christian Kirk, those guys are all separators. Jamal Agnew is a separator, assuming he's able to come back healthy. Derek Brown says, I heard Aiden Hutchinson turn down the visit to the Jaguars. That's why they didn't get him. Is that true? So my understanding of that situation is that after David Ojabo's Achilles injury at the Michigan Pro Day, um, the Jaguars were the only team that had a private workout scheduled with Aiden Hutchinson. He decided to cancel that private workout in an abundance of caution. He had already uh, you know, had a massive final season at Michigan, did well at the Combine, did well at his Pro Day. Uh, I think that was more of just an abundance of caution type of deal. Chris Campbell says Dunn and Drew are awesome. I agree. They are awesome. They're fun guys over there. They're, they're, they're a good group. Nice little podcast they have going on. I, I like their content as well. I'm with you, Chris. Just looking through the comments here a little bit more. I think I hit most of the stuff. Yeah. So just to recap what we've talked about here, 
I would have made an effort to pursue Teron Armstead instead of Cam Robinson, give you a top five left tackle. I would have brought in Evan Neal and, you know, played him at left guard, right tackle, wherever it fits best with the rest of the pieces. You give yourself an elite offensive line. You give Trevor a real chance. And I would have upgraded the Zay Jones move. Um, instead of signing Zay, you know, try to go get Amari, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, someone of that ilk, someone who is a legitimate starter, an impact player to pair with Christian Kirk. But the Jaguars, they decided that if they are able to create a dominant, versatile defense, a big-time rushing attack, then they'll be able to have success with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's offense this year with Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, the running backs you've got. Travis Etienne's going to be a weapon. That's the direction they went. They got Trayvon Walker at one. They traded up for Devin Lloyd. They got Chad Muma. They signed Foley Fatu Kasi to be a big uh, road grader up front, a guy that's going to take on blocks, uh, big gap eater. Space Eater, uh, Foya Lucan, leading tackler in, in, the, in the NFL last year. Ugh, sorry, I couldn't get that out. You know, this is a guy that is going to make a big impact, and you now have an elite linebacker core. Darius Williams, another leader, Super Bowl champion, local guy, excellent cornerback. I think all these moves make a lot of sense. They're great. I wouldn't have changed any of those except for taking Evan Neal over Trayvon Walker. And I don't think the Jaguars made a huge mistake taking Trayvon Walker. He's going to be an impactful football player from day one. And if he develops a pass rush of any kind, he could be one of the elite defenders in the NFL. And then Zay Jones, I just think while he's steady and consistent and not going to drop the ball, he's going to block, he's going to do what he's supposed to do. He has good football character. I just think you could have had way more upside with Cooper, Woods, or Robinson. Goddard says, I believe that we will draft a wide receiver number one next draft. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that play into that, right? Um, where will the Jaguars be picking? That's going to impact who they could potentially take at, at, with their wide receiver at the top of the draft. What receivers come out? I mean, every year there's talented receivers to go grab in the NFL draft. There's no question about that. So I agree with you there. One thing that's interesting, Trent Baalke has never drafted a receiver who developed into a multi-year starter and not for lack of trying. So hopefully they'll be able to get that cleared up. And then you look at Doug Peterson and company over in Philly drafting Jalen Rager or Justin Jefferson. So the Jaguars, if they do go all in on a wide receiver in the first round next year, first round, second round, whatever, early on, yeah, they're going to need to make sure it pans out better than Jalen Rager, pans out better than all the picks Trent Baalke's made at wide receiver over the years. But that's going to do it, Duval. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube and check ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.